excited to be here tonight just to share about the Lord Jesus Christ and his magnificence and his love and his power and all that he is tonight. So I'm excited to get into the word because the word is the teacher, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and we come under his anointing. God says in his word that his children are anointed already. So we, this, the word and his spirit meet every time we get into the word of God. So it is always so exciting to be in the word of God um, as we just meet with the Lord. But I wanted to uh, open up in prayer and I, I wanted to pray through the mission statement of this church because this is who Jesus is, and this is the mission statement of this church, is that Jesus is Lord here. We have Jesus is Lord outside. It's all about Jesus being Lord. Uh, so I want to pray through the, the church's mission statement because it is all about what this church is about. It's about the Lordship of Jesus Christ and his salvation. So let's just bow all our hearts to the Lord Jesus and we'll pray. Well, Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you came to seek and save that which is lost. We thank you, Lord God, that we come to have an encounter with you, Almighty God, and through your word. And Father, we come to worship and adore you. We come to see the wonder of your love, Lord God. We want you to be glorified tonight. We want this church to be edified, built up, and equipped in who Jesus Christ is. And we want the enemies of the cross terrified and that they bow to the lordship of Jesus Christ. So Father, we ask you tonight to move by your powerful spirit, move in every mind and every heart and every soul like only you can. Lord God, you know the depths of our heart. You know where we need to be uh, put into alignment with who you are and to set our hearts on fire with your love, Lord Jesus. So Lord, Lord Jesus, you are Messiah. You are Redeemer. You are Deliverer. You are the Mighty One that comes to save. So, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in this house. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and the praise, and it's for yours alone, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, the, the title of the message tonight is about Christmas in a sense, but it's about the circle of God's redeeming love and his power. We see that all that Christ did to save us, it is enormous. And I think by the end of this, sometimes we can think maybe uh, salvation is great, but maybe I can add a little something to it. But, oh, Jesus is Savior and Savior alone, and there can be no other name given amongst men that we must be saved. So, as we celebrate the birth of King Jesus this season, the Messiah, the Son of God, coming down as the Son of Man to do everything to save the people he so loves, we see Jesus coming down on this great rescue mission in his love and power for all mankind that he so loves. This is Lord, the Lord's passionate pursuit of man, that he would leave the glories of heaven and come down and be born in flesh and blood among us. This is a passionate pursuit of God towards man. So salvation is the complete heart of God for mankind because we could never be put in the holy presence of God without a savior, as a mediator, as a redeemer. Uh, so 
what God's greatest will for every person is that they come into a relationship with Almighty God, and it comes through the sacrifice of His one and only Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord wants His greatest desire is no separation with man, so He sent a Savior. So the circle of God's love and His power tonight is all about Jesus, and His name is Jehovah, and the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. So when we say the name Jesus, we are saying God saves. That's really what we are saying, and it's the name of Jesus. So in the foundation of Christmas and of our faith and of our love and of our hope, of our identity, of our future, everything comes from the Word of God. If we didn't have the Word of God, we would be totally lost and left in darkness. But God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And it is all powerful to align us. So I wanted to start out with this uh, scripture of Isaiah 55, 8 through 11 to talk about. This is actually just the circle of God's Word. This is really an amazing scripture. Um, so we'll look at this scripture for the first two uh, verses, eight and nine. It says, the Lord is saying that my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, the Word of God is going to help us start thinking like God because we don't think like God in our natural man. But we have the Word of God. He, he aligns our heart and our mind with the kingdom of God and with the King because we walk on this broken earth that is not our home and it's not bowing to the Lordship of Jesus Christ except the believers. So we need our mind mind continually renewed and cleaned up and transformed because God tells us do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind and we so need that in the day and age we're walking with so many distractions that are not of the Lord Jesus Christ so we can find out his ways our ways are his way or higher so we find that out through his word but look at the circle of God's word right here in verses 10 through 11 he talks about his word coming down like rain. It's beautiful because rain is a good thing that makes things grow and, and have life. So he says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and it does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth food and bud that it may give, give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So you see, that's that cycle that God has on earth with the water. He's saying his word works the same way. Because verse 11, he says, So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So this is, this is God's word. We, we know God gave us his word because we, we need his word. But he sends it down like rain for us. We need to be refreshed in, in the dry lands that we work on. But the power of God's word is he sends it forth from his mouth to us as he spoke through holy men that wrote the word of God. He inspired every word that we read. But it came, it came down from the Father out of his mouth, spoken through men. And it returns to him after it accomplished his purpose that he had for his word. So whenever we read the word of God, we should be saying, wow, what is the purpose God sent this word for? He sent it. It came out of his mouth, spoken through man, to come down as rain and to give us abundant life. His word, Jesus says, he speaks his spirit 
spirit, and it is life. So God's word is always moving, always living, always acting, coming from the Father's heart down to his children to lead and guide us in the way we should go. It returns to him. It does not ever get wasted. It comes down to accomplish a purpose that God has. It can bring people to salvation. It can bring people light. It depends on their response to what God's word does. So, but it accomplishes what he pleases in his word. So our part is to be so receptive to God's word that we want to have it as rain to our soul, that we get nourished, that the seed of his word can grow in us, and that it will accomplish his purpose. So we want to welcome the word of God into our spirit, into our heart continually. This is a circle of the path of God's word that it came down and it goes right back up to him. And the word of God is eternal in heaven. <clears throat> so un, um, some unknowing folks um, can think Jesus just appeared on Christmas morning. Like that's the first he's come. There's, uh, we have so many folks that we encounter that have no knowledge of the Savior, of the Word of God, have no clue about, about Jesus. So someone had said, oh yeah, Christmas, oh a babe in a manger. Like, oh my goodness, they don't know that's God himself that became man, but he's almighty God himself. So uh, the Word of God is, is, is so powerful uh, that we need to be sharing the Word of God with those that are that are, that are dry, that need this rain of God's water to talk about the life of Jesus Christ and how much he loves people. Uh, our unknowing word is so, um, don't know the Bible at all. So um, this great love that Jesus expressed has got to be revealed to people through the word of God. They think he's asleep and he's helpless like a babe in the manger. They don't know who God is. They don't know he came down out of the greatest act of love in this rescue mission. They came to save all the people he so loves. So Jesus' ex uh, pre-existence is real clear here in, in John 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. Here's the preexistence of Christ being with Father before the foundation of the world. God always has a game plan. He always knew there was going to be salvation needed. So this was planned out all way before even the foundation of the world, his love message there's so many prophecies from the Old Testament where God t tells us that the Messiah was coming, the Savior was coming, the Redeemer and the Deliverer, um, and his passionate love, and they were all fulfilled when Jesus came. Uh, every prophecy, God alone could only do that. So Jesus is the valiant one that came on this mission's work. We see him as a babe in manger, and we do all well to give glory and honor and praise that he came down. We celebrate his birth because the king of glory is reigning, and he's on earth. Wow, we celebrate such a, an outpouring of God's love here. But we have to see him as the valiant one that he is in the completed, from the completed work of the cross. And Jesus says in John 6, 38, he says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So this incarnation of God Almighty, 
transforming himself into flesh and blood. There's no description that we can even describe how that even was possible. When we read the word of God, we have to stir in faith before we even get to try to figure things out. A lot of things are mysteries only God knows that there is no book that could explain how God um, became flesh and blood, this incarnation. But we believe by absolute faith, this is what God did. Uh, so John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we love this, this section about um, in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14, this glorious angel's announcement. This, this story we love to uh, go to, the humble appearance of the Lord Jesus and how he appeared to shepherds first of all people. Let's just look at this scripture and just go back to this uh, time where it was just, there was so, it was so simple. He says, but there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards man. This is just a beautiful um, set of the, the O Holy Night that we, we sing about, that how holy this night was and this great news that came to all people. This is the greatest news there ever is that a Savior came to save us. So Jesus taught us so much by his life on earth, how to live and how to give and how to forgive and so much more. But Jesus Christ, our Savior, he came ultimately as the Lamb of God, the only acceptable sin offering to the Father to make atonement for our sins. The reason he came is the most important focus of Jesus the Christ. We celebrate his birth, but we know it's always the why he came is the passion behind it that motivated him to leave the glories of heaven and take off his royal crown and all his royalty and transform into the flesh and blood the likeness of man. The, the motivation is passionate love for each and every person everywhere. He has no respecter of person. It just says that he came for all peoples. This good news is for all people. This is what uh, John the Baptist says in John 1:29. <clears throat> the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The enormity of Jesus coming to take away the sin of the world. You know how much sin there is in this world? Past, present, future, around the world? Jesus came. The only one that would come, that could come, because he was the only spotless lamb that could be offered. The holy son of God. So this lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is the enormous gift the Lord Jesus has given mankind. 
So it's so, so much easier to speak about the precious baby in the manger than it is to talk about the, um, the lamb that comes, the lamb that's slain before the foundation of the world. But it's why he came. It's what he had to do that we could be in right standing with him. Without a savior, without the lamb of God becoming our sin for us, there is no salvation. There is no other name under which men must be saved. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verses 18 through 20. <clears throat> Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world that was manifest in these last times for you, for me manifested the word the word lord jesus became flesh for our sake and it was these last times that we've um, were able to see what has already taken place you know is our vantage point we have a vantage point that we can look back and see the completed work of the cross the birth of jesus the old testament looking for the messiah we can look back and see all of them looking for the messiah and the savior to come and jesus comes and the cross and the resurrection and him ascended we have such a vantage point with the full counsel of the word of god to see god power, see his love, see his purpose. We, we sit at a vantage point that we, we have so much glory to share with people we encounter with. This is the glory of God. And we look back with all, oh, there's so many prophecies in Isaiah about the Lord Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5 says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Well, Jesus allowed man to crown him with a crown of thorns. He allowed that to happen. Here he is, thorns represent sin. That's what happened in the fall back in Genesis. So here he is, the king of glory that took off his royal crown in heaven and stepped down into a fleshly body, became flesh and blood, became the king of sin because he came to die for the sin. So he became the sin before he died to make it uh, dethroned. So uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the victory that we have is because Christ came and willingly became the king of sin and willingly went to the cross, willingly carried our cross. I have a viewpoint of myself before I was saved, picturing Jesus as he carried his cross after he had 39 stripes walking towards the, the cross and I'm just walking the other way. It wasn't until I realized, oh my goodness, that he came for me. The intimacy of the cross is what the world needs to know about. Many people 
people can hear, oh yeah, Jesus came, died on a cross, rose again, because it's all history. It's absolute history. There is all absolute truth to what's taking place here. You can believe that, but if you have not said, oh, that is for me personally, you will miss salvation. You will miss eternity with God in heaven, unless you realize this is personal, one heart at a time, which Christ came for. He died for the sin of the world, one heart at a time. Every gift, everyone has this free gift placed before them. Jesus is no respecter of persons. So in this Christmas season, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to save us. But we, um, the word actually tells us what to do in remembrance to him. We celebrate Jesus' birth every Christmas, and hallelujah, we should. The king came down. King Jesus walked this earth. Hallelujah. But what Jesus says to do in remembrance of him is communion, because that's what he came for. The whole reason Jesus came is communion, uh, to break that division between a holy God and a sinful man. Um, so we think about all the prophecies of the old that are foretold of his arrival and his miracle birth, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, the angels, the shepherds, and all that took place during this miraculous time. And every part of it is just an absolute miracle, a virgin birth, every single prophecy, the times, it is absolutely pure history. So we have all right to believe this. And many people, like I say, stop at that point because it's historical, but it is his story that we need to grab hold of with our heart and receive this gift of salvation. The world is desperate for this, for this love that they don't have. Uh, so, so what this Lord instructs us to do in remembrance is communion. Uh, Jesus says in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 24 and 25, this is Jesus. He says, when he had given thanks, he broke the bread. He says, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I love that this church always has communion. We always need to remember and not lose track of the salvation that Jesus purchased for us. Such a great sacrifice. If we understand this whole circle of God's love, the sacrifice he did just even leaving his father's side, the sacrifice of leaving a nonstop worship by all the angels and all his royal glory and, and light that he left to come to save all of us out of his great love. The sacrifice right there and the sacrifice to come down and be ridiculed and beaten with 39 stripes, take abuse, be crowned with a, uh, with a crown of thorns, sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice because he loves, he loves, he loves. He so loves his passion that's behind him. It's not duty, it's passion for every person he loves so much. Um, so Matthew uh, 26, 28 says, he says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. 
new covenant. Hallelujah for new covenant. Do you know what the old covenant was like? Oh my goodness. Oh, 613 rules or whatever it was to um, keep, keep showing how holy God is. He had all the Levitical rules and all these. We have a new covenant where there's no more sacrifice because he is the ultimate spotless sacrifice that, that the Lord, that God needs as the sacrifice for the sins of man. But I love this too. So this is his blood is shed for many for the remission of sins. Where the word remission is practically synonymous with the word forgiveness. It is actually a subtraction of our sins that the God takes away because he took it away from us and he bore our sins so we don't bear that sin. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So the blood of Jesus has the power to subtract sin. It has the power to heal and cleanse us from the impurities of sin that separated us from a holy God. It has the power to heal us. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But the power of God's blood, there is no richer substance on earth than the power of God's blood when he shed it for redemption. So look, uh, a, a scripture here in Isaiah, another prophecy that we don't read, the, we tend to read um, Isaiah 9, 6, but let's look at Isaiah 9, 5 first. <clears throat> it says, for every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and fuel for fire. This is the day when it's going to be Jesus reigns. Look at this verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But this all began uh, with the humility of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4, 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, we talked about him being in the glories of heaven, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you might through his poverty might be rich. What Jesus did made us rich. So when you think about this next scripture too, is very uh, beautiful. God just put on my heart to include. Here's, this is in John 14 verses 1 through 7. This is from Jesus, the one who was born and placed in a feeding trowel, who had no home, yet this is what he says to us. He says, oh, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Just want to think about how much, when we read through these, all these scriptures, how much God honored us above himself, that he put himself below us so that we would be one with him with salvation. So here he is, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, you may be there also. This is a picture of heaven for the one born in a feeding trowel, the one that had no place to lay his head. He is telling everybody, I got mansions for you in heaven and I'm coming back to get you. Is this not the gift that just keeps on giving? Oh my goodness. He says, where I go, you know, and the way you know. Well, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? 
Well, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, if you had known me, you had have known my Father also, and from now on you have known him and have seen him. There's a declaration of his deity. It is who he is, is with the Father. Hallelujah. So, so Jesus says in John eleven twenty five, another one of the I am's, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he die, he shall live. These are absolute promises. This is what gives us life in our heart. When times are tough, think about all these promises of God. We so need the word of God when this world is so discouraging, so heartbreaking, with so many things that take place. And like, we got to get above it all. As God tells us, we're seated with him in heavenly places. We got to look out from the promises we have, not from what's before us. It's where we walk by faith and not by sight. Because what we see by sight is very discouraging. But oh no, there, we have such a glorious hope and a future. We are going to get that mansion because he's coming to take us to the mansion. Look what he's doing. He's we have this resurrection life with the Lord forever. It's it's just to get ourselves meditating on the word of God and his promises for now and the future will give us the, the power to overcome in these days that can be very hard. But let's look at, look at what a warrior that we serve. You know, we celebrate his birth. Hallelujah. Jesus coming down. But let's look at what a, a warrior he is that he so warred through all the things we're talking about just to save us. You know, I, the scripture, I think it's Psalm 8 that says, well, God, well, what are you mindful of me? You know, it's just we don't figure this out. We just are asked to believe by faith. We try to figure things out. We'll get a lot of stumbling blocks. We just say, God, you said it. You keep your promises, and we just believe. Uh, but let's, um, let's look at that. God's valiant and triumphant over the enemy. This is God's power and love for us to take down the enemy that had separated us because the Lord is the warrior for all the people he so loves, and it is by his blood. We'll go back to the scripture in Isaiah 9, 5. It says, For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and the garments rolled in blood will be used for burning and the fuel for fire. Well, there has always been a spiritual battle against God and his people. Um, In talking about a warrior's garments, though, when warriors won a battle, they wouldn't clean their garments they would leave the blood of the enemy on their attire so the next battle they faced, the enemies would see the winning blood on their, uh, on their uniforms and they would run in fear knowing these are conquerors. They have already beat the enemy. They're wearing the blood from the ones they've already conquered and destroyed. So that was a place of authority to, to be, uh, leave that on. Well, let's see what the Lord Jesus did in our war here. 1 John 3, 8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This is what a warrior does, and that's our Jesus. His valiant triumph for us is by his blood. So at Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. 
This is past tense. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Do we realize the depths of the forgiveness of sins? Do we truly realize that Christ came and set us completely free from every chain that we ever had from the evil one? He came and destroyed the works of darkness. He destroyed everything the devil came for on his death and his resurrection. But let's look at this one here. We just talked about the warriors leaving the blood on when they took out the enemies. They left it on their garments. Look at Revelation 19.13. This is John in the Isle of Pat Patmos when he sees Jesus. He says, here he looks at Jesus. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. Our Savior has destroyed the enemy, and he has the victorious blood on the hem of his garment. And that's the hem of his garment that heals us. Where I think about the woman that um, had the loss of blood for like 12 years, and she grabbed the hem of the Lord Jesus, and by faith she was healed. Jesus has destroyed sickness, sin, and death, and disease. And it's by his blood that he's taken out the enemy. And he sits there victorious on his throne with the blood on his hem. This is another picture John has in Revelation 19.16. says, And on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can we even picture the victorious, triumphant Christ that's got the blood on his hem? And his is, this is what he has on him, Lord of lords and King of kings, right down the side of his garment. This is our victorious warrior that has won the battle for all of mankind. It's it's by his blood. We celebrate his birth, we celebrate his death, and we celebrate his resurrection as Christians all year round. The finished work of the cross. When Jesus died, he says it is finished, and then he has risen. He is the living God that came and took our sin, our sickness, our death, and destroyed the works of darkness when he died and rose again. So this Jesus we celebrate is a valiant warrior with a passionate pursuit for every man. He is knocking on the heart of every person saying, I love you. I want to be welcomed in. That's all he's doing all the time. He is gentle with his people, but he is a warrior against the wicked one that he has already destroyed. He loves with a tender, compassionate heart that loves so much that he left heaven to come down and save us all. But against the evil one, he is a winning warrior, a more than a conqueror. He has destroyed the works of darkness. And we just praise his name. So look at this too. Um, in Revelation 1, verses 4 through 6, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, this is a letter going to them, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Oh, this glorious Savior. We, we as Christians know we celebrate his birth. We celebrate all that he came to do, all that he came to accomplish. 
and we celebrate and what God wants from us as we know all this, he wants us to be gift givers. And that's just sharing the gospel with someone else. The free gift of eternal life. That's what he wants for us to live now that this news is so great and so glorious but there's few, like the Lord says, the, the, um, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. I'm, I'm just believing already ahead for this new year that there is just going to be an, a move of evangelism from this church. That this word is going to get proclaimed to the streets. That this news is the God's a call for us to release to those that sit in darkness. They sit in darkness, like it says in Isaiah, and they've seen a great light. So many sit in darkness. So many sit in sin. They sit in pain. They sit in shame. They're hopeless. They don't see there's a way out. They turn to substances and things like that will never satisfy. Only the Lord Jesus is the one that will ever satisfy. And we have tasted and seen that he is good. He is so good. So Lord, we are, we are going to be asking for some boldness to come upon us, the spirit of boldness to come upon us, to be witnesses as we're called to be wherever we go. I believe God is stirring up a spirit of evangelism in this church to take this town for his glory, for his nation, for this nation to turn back. God is really rising up the church so, Lord, we are just going to be asking God for this well that you've placed in our heart to start overflowing into those we encounter. So, Father, this, this, this message is too great to keep to ourselves, Lord God. You say if we don't speak, the rocks will cry out, Lord God. Why would we have to let rocks cry out? We just, we need boldness, you know. We just got to get past the, um, the intimidating fear and the fear of shame and the, the things that hinder us from sharing the gospel. You know, the, the self-reputation, you know. We see people everywhere we go that we know. We can see their countenance. They don't know the Lord. You see them just weighed, weighed down by the weights of this world. But Jesus is the one that breaks the chains and he frees people from everything the evil has against them. So, Lord, we are just really believing for a... Um, a new, a new um, move of this church body, every age and every stage just rising up to the call of the gospel. God says he entrusts the gospel with his people. There is nothing more valuable than the gold of the gospel that God entrusts to us. He, he doesn't entrust gold or money to us. He entrusts the gospel because it's his highest value is the price of his son. That was, um, that was given this, you know, I, I, through this whole, this whole writing of this, uh, this uh, message, all I kept thinking was, what kind of love is this? You know, like the song, what child is this? What kind of love is this? It's so grand, you know, it's so miraculous. It's so the circle of all God coming down to save us, going back up. That big circle of his love and his power, why he came and that he's coming again. So Lord, we are, we are just going um, to ask for this move of your spirit, Lord God. You know, I, I see these beautiful scriptures um, and also, too, you know, I, I kept picturing as I was writing this, this sermon about, or this message about the circle of God's love, how the conversation started in heaven with father and son. And the father would say, 
Um, son, I'm sending you as Savior of the world. And we know he says it again and again. The Father sent the Son for God so loves this world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. So the Father sent the Son, but the Son responded and says, I will go. We love them so. Well, son, you will come down and you will have to, you will be beaten with 39 stripes. You will be rejected by man. You'll be spit upon. You will be um, crowned with a crown of thorns instead of the glory that you're deserving of. And the Lord Jesus says, I will go. We love them so. He obeyed Father in agreement with great love for mankind that he said, Father, I will go. We love them so. So down he came to save, you know, and God, he's restored up with the Father again. But that conversation, as I just use my imagination for the glory of God, that they are such agreement, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to save this world that was planned before the foundation of the world. There's just, I almost see like a march through the whole Old Testament, all the prophecies, all the words, all the grace um, through the Old Testament, waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the one that will come and redeem, where there's no more animal sacrifices and their sin is put in their face continually. They had to offer sacrifices. Their sin was always against them because they had to continually sacrifice another animal. But Jesus came as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So we, we just celebrate the goodness of God. We celebrate that um, this, this oh, name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. God himself is salvation. Matthew 1 21, it speaks about Mary, that she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I tell you, if you're, the, the Lord has, has um, completed the work of salvation. There is nothing we can add to salvation. It's a great uh, demonstration uh, to see where you are with salvation. Either you can save yourself, that's one circle, which is not possible. There's a circle that would have Jesus and me for salvation, and that's not possible. I don't help God salvation. And then there's a circle where it's just Jesus. That is what salvation is. We add nothing to salvation. We are fully, completely on the receiving end. That's why it's called a free gift. Jesus is the free gift to every person everywhere. He's no respecter of persons. So Luke 2.11 says it all, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Salvation is a totally and a complete gift that can only be received. What Jesus is just looking for, he's looking for a yes. That's all he wants is a yes. It's not our flowery words. It's like, yes, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Yes, you're a savior. Yes, I receive you. Yes, you're all I need. Yes, I get it. That's all you have to do is just say yes to the Lord Jesus. So easy. He's just, we don't need the big words. We, he just wants an agreement that he is Lord and that he did what he did in completion. And we say, yes. So that's all God is looking for. So 
Maybe even there's someone even online watching. I don't know. Maybe there's someone that's searching. They've searched so many different ways and have never found fulfillment in life. And honestly, you will never find fulfillment in life without Jesus Christ. He is the one that completes you. He's the one that makes you whole. He is the one that heals us. He's the one that makes us new. He's the one that makes new creation. He's the one that makes sinners into saints in the split, split, split second of a of, of and I, just because he's so um, intimate with us, he stands waiting. He just stands waiting. He doesn't wait for us to fix ourselves up and clean ourselves up. He stands waiting for a yes, that he's Savior. So maybe I'll just um, pray a prayer of salvation. And if uh, anyone maybe here, maybe just understood the historic end of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a thousand percent factual, is history, but maybe someone isn't, hasn't stepped into his story of love and redemption and salvation by the blood that he shed to redeem us. That was the purchase price for our salvation. It was his blood. He didn't buy us with silver and gold. He came down and sacrificed himself with his own body. That's what he paid for, that he was our ransom, that we were in bondage to the sins and the broken things of this world. He's our, he's our ransom. He's the one who sets us free. He's the one that calls us out of the prisons that we've been in by ourselves and trying to get out on our own. We cannot get out of prisons. These spiritual prisons are bound by the, by the darkness. And God is the light of the world that springs open prison gates. And every person that believes can be set free from these prisons that the evil one wants to put people in. And I know I was there. Oh God, I was there. And out I came when Jesus set me free. It's only him. Oh, Father, Father, you are so big. Let's just pray. Father, you are so big. You are so mighty. You are so great. Your eye is on the person that is feeling hopeless, that doesn't know there's an answer, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you would meet them in the place of their heart, Lord Jesus, that you would, your presence would show up and show off your great love and salvation, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You only want a yes. You just want a yes that says, Jesus, you are Lord, you are Savior, and I'm a sinner that needs to be saved. So, Father, we just yield all of ourselves to you and say, Jesus, come into our heart and wash us clean and forgive our sins and make us new and make us the people you originally planned us to do be. Because, God, you come to restore. You, you come to make new again. You come to bring back everything uh, that was stolen from us by the enemy. Lord Jesus, you are the only one that makes us whole. So Father, I ask for wholeness and salvation to flood this church. I flood anyone that's watching online that doesn't understand that today realize this is the truth of God's love that he went to the cross and rose again. So Father, we celebrate this Christmas morning that you came down, your son came down to save us all. We celebrate the glorious, glorious day. But Father, we thank you for the valiant warrior the Lord Jesus is that he came to destroy the works of darkness and rise again. Thank you for the finished work of the cross and the resurrection. Thank you, God, for salvation in your name alone, Lord Jesus. So Father, we just give you all glory and all honor and praise, Lord God. And we just love you, Lord, and ask you to just to multiply salvations, Lord God, this, this season, Lord God. Make the Christmas story be as vibrant as it is 
So Father, we ask, I pray too, for all our friends and our family members that don't know you yet, Lord God. We ask you to visit them by your spirit, Lord God, and bring light to their darkness, Lord God, and show them how wonderful you are, God. Break away the things that have been chaining them, Lord God, and show them that you are their savior, that you are God himself that loves them with a passionate warrior's heart that went and took down the dividing wall that was between holy you, God, and our sinfulness, Lord God, that you made a way where there was no way. So, Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your valiant love and the circle of your love that you went through to save us, Lord God. We celebrate you and love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.